0: Welcome to the Cloud Pod, where the forecast is always cloudy. We talk weekly about all things AWS, GCP, and Azure. We are your hosts Justin, Jonathan,
1: Ryan, and Peter. Episode ninety-five, recorded on November 18th, 2020. ReInvent, the best is yet to come. Good evening, you guys. How's it going? Hi. We are one episode away from the reInvent recap show, which we will do live. We will have it live streaming to twitch for whoever wants to join us for that that'll be super fun i figured out how to do it i've worked out the technology it can be done and it will be done so we will do a live recap show i don't know if we'll do the recap show it's probably going to after andy's keynote i don't know that you know typically uh, warner has not announced anything and so i don't know that it would make sense to hold the show for warner's keynote so we will just do it after andy's because that's how i like to roll and like we talked about before the show this is a dictatorship not a republic and so I've decried, just like we're not doing, not just like we're not recording a show next week during Thanksgiving week. So we're taking that week off because <laughs> we're going to be ready, getting ready for the fantastic, amazing announcements from reInvent. But good evening, you guys. How's it going?
0: Good. I'm, I'm hiding out in the, the final corner of my house that doesn't have painters tape and uh, and drop cloths all over it.
2: <laughs> I, uh,
1: I, You know, people were complaining that you had missed a few shows on the uh, the old uh, Slack room. And so I'm sure they'll be happy to hear your docile tones of British oh, yes. accent. Yes
0: not voice synthesized either. Yes.
1: You didn't paint yourself into a corner, did you? But I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we, the most important part for tonight, of course, is the predictions, which uh, we will get to after I clear the docket because Amazon has, of course, been busy still clearing out and crushing the hopes and dreams of many of our hosts here. As I heard wails of anguish in the Slack channel, as they killed prediction after prediction in glorious fashion. So uh, one of mine was also nailed. So I will let that go. But uh, it's all it's all good. The first one up is Lightsail containers, which is an easy way to run your containers in the cloud. You can now deploy containers to Lightsail. All you need to do is provide a Docker image for your container, and they automatically containerize it for you and run it. They handle the HTTPS endpoint uh, behind a load balancer automatically for you, and they'll handle all of your DNS capabilities as well as handling the replacement of your container when you upload a new one, all automatically. Now, having done all that work in ECS or EKS, I can tell you that's really nice that they do all of that for you because that is about 90% of all DevOps workloads and the cloud on containers. is doing those three tasks, which are all automatically for you for LightSail containers, making it very, very easy.
0: Mm. you think they could have called it LightGate or FastSail or one of those other things? Yeah, maybe.
1: <laughs> I mean, they could, called, they could have done a lot of things with it. I don't, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but Yeah, so, yeah LightSail I sale
2: existed I, I, before, right? Like, LightSail is yeah. a separate thing. LightSail containers is just an addition to that.
1: Yeah, LightSail is their very simple hosting option for people who just want, I just want a WordPress site, and then you go to LightSail and you get a thing, and It's very limited and very much like a VPS of olden days.
2: Well, an Elastic Beanstalk, you know, it's a very similar concept. Some people really like the the easy button and the enablement. This one looks like a really easy button, though. One that, like, we would use. Well, it's Kubernetes, basically, or the promise of Kubernetes to the business. You know, when you're setting it up, like, the developers just come with a container. The ops team runs it.
0: No more ops. Bye-bye. Yeah, and you get a bunch of free data with LightSail, too. I think it's like five terabytes a month. It's pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah, it's, it's they're very attractive services, you know, in general, what they offer to you. And I know people who've done it, mostly because they're in the OG AWS Slack room at saying, I'm in LightSail and I want to do this thing I can't do. And it's like, oh well, it's time to graduate from light sale.
2: <laughs> 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 uh, service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: It's like I'm super happy you found that, but uh yeah, you're gonna need to know. Move move along. Move along, my good friends. The containers uh do run a little bit of, you know, they're they're a little bit more expensive than what i would expect them to be uh considering what they are so like a nano container which is a 0.25 percent of a cpu and 512 megabytes of ram is seven dollars now a 512 megabit memory server with one core processor and 20 gigs of ssd disk and one terabyte of transfer is three dollars and fifty cents
3: that's incredible by the way <laughs> so
1: it is kind of crazy. And then the, you can go all the way up to a $160 container, which is an extra large, uh, four vCPUs and RAM of 8 gigabytes of memory. And again, if you are using these services and they are valuable to you, uh, this is the easy button. But I will tell you that you can get spot instances for those workloads for a lot less money. But the more heavy lifting involved.
0: Yeah, but it includes a load balancer too. It does. It does. I agree.
1: So it, it has
3: benefits
0: and distractions. You probably find that if you actually calculated the charge of every single thing that they're giving you here, it'll be exactly the same as it'll cost you on EC2. And a full, also a full CD pipeline. Mm. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it does cost just a slight premium over uh, EC2, if I remember right. Last time I ever ran that comparison, but it has have some price cuts. So maybe actually a little bit less now. I'm not sure. But yeah, a load balancer costs you $18. So with this... container thing you don't have to get you get a
2: little bouncer already so I don't know
1: yeah it might be a good savings
2: and you know a lot of that is just you know offering this as a service to compete directly with Google makes a lot of sense as well like you don't have to you can't be as easily enticed to another cloud provider if you're already an Amazon customer yeah definitely uh, it's not for me it's
1: a product not for me I just I, I can admit that it's not my product it's not something I'm interested in but somebody out there is very excited
3: it's like the cloud
1: version of candy flavored tobacco Yeah, exactly. Someone's happy about that product. (laughs) Well, announcing the new AWS Glue Data Brew product, AWS knows that running your analytics, building reports and applying machine learning and making sure the data has good hygiene is a ton of work and typically is one of the big killers of most data analytics projects. And so they're giving you a new tool with the Data Brew product, which helps you address this amount of work, the visual data preparation tool that helps you clean and normalize data up to 80% faster so you can focus more on the business value of your data. It's a visual interface that connects your data stored in S3, Redshift, RDS, and any JDBC accessible data store or data indexed by AWS Glue data catalog. Uh, Once the data is ready to take advantage of things like SageMaker, Redshift, Athena, QuickSight, or Tableau, Uh, which actually was mentioned in the press release, which I thought was a little strange considering they don't typically mention their competitors. But DataBrew has a couple of pricing models to it. The first one is the interactive session, which is a 30-minute session uh, for you to go and actually explore your data. That costs you a dollar. And the first 40 sessions are free for the first-time users of DataBrew. And then the jobs that you invoke to actually do the data cleanup uh, cost you uh, $0.48 per DataBrew node hour. And, of course, your S3 RDS Redshift costs also are factored into
0: that as well. It's really cool. I wish I had this... Many, many times in the past, thinking about cleaning up, uh, you know, network scanning data or quality data or any kind of those are the crappy report things you've had me working on for the past four years. <laughs>
2: but you love Python
1: so much, John. I do, I do.
0: But this, this, this is so much nicer. You just, I mean, you build it manually, clicky, clicky, and then you can run it automatically for every next data set that comes in. So it's really kind of like it's the no-code for the for the BI people to build their transform pipelines. It's it's really neat.
2: Yeah. I mean, this is something, you know, working with internal BI teams and and other teams who are trying to do reporting data, like it's always seems this huge compromise of just trying to do transformations on data that isn't what you want. And my solution is, you know, regenerate the data, but they don't want to do that or they don't, they're not in control of the source. So this is a good compromise, you know, where they don't have to necessarily communicate what transformations they need in, in a technical format. They can just create it via UI, move forward from there. It's cool. I can admit I will probably use this just because you know of sheer laziness with some of the data. Like I'd love to run this and be like, "Oh, okay,
0: you know, this is a much better schema than I would have defined on my own." Yeah, I mean, think, thinking about things like CloudTrail, we could start using this to enrich our CloudTrail logs with context for project names and uh, account names and things, owners.
1: I will definitely use it. <laughs> I can tell you that for sure. maybe <laughs> maybe I won't have to ask you for all those uh, all those reports now, Jonathan. <laughs> that's the self serve, self serve. You can hope, you can hope. That's the the key part of it. Well, good. Let's move on to our next story here. We have a post-quantum world ahead, folks. This is the second release of features from Amazon to help you avoid the inevitable situation where your data is unencrypted by all of the amazing quantum computing that is definitely somewhere on the horizon somewhere, I guess or not at all i'm not sure but uh, aws kms will now support three new hybrid post quantum key exchange algorithms for the tls 1.2 encryption protocol that is used when connecting to aws kms api endpoints these new hybrid post-quantum algorithms combine the proven security of classical key exchange with the potential quantum-safe properties of new post-quantum key exchanges. And the fastest of these only adds 0.3 milliseconds of overhead compared to the classic TLS handshake. AWS making this available to you today versus waiting for a standard. So you can start actually testing this and seeing what the impact will be on your computer application. Of course, that means that you assume that quantum is tomorrow because this is a priority for your roadmap. But I, I don't know who that person is, but I'm sure there's someone out there.
3: Yeah, I'm just happy that it appears that the uh, defense is ahead of the offense here. So, happy to check the box when it's time. At least that's
0: what you think. (laughs) Pretty sure.
3: The next feature is a killer for our prediction
1: lists here. Now with the AWS Network Firewall, a new managed firewall service in VPC. AWS has heard from customers like you that they want to scale network security across all the resources in their workload regardless of which AWS service they used. And they would also want customized protections to secure their unique workloads or to comply with government mandates. These customers need to do things like URL filtering on outbound flows, pattern matching on packet data beyond IP port and protocol, and the ability to alert on specific vulnerabilities for protocols beyond HTTPS. To solve all these challenges and needs, AWS is announcing the AWS Network Firewall, a highly available managed network firewall service for your VPC. Enables you to easily deploy and manage stateful inspection, intrusion prevention and detection, and web filtering to protect your virtual networks on AWS. Uh, This automatically scales with your traffic, as all good managed services do, and is available to you through organizations and the AWS Firewall Manager. And they're interoperable with your existing security ecosystem, including AWS partners such as CrowdStrike, Palo Alto Networks, and Splunk, as well as support and import existing rules from community-maintained Sericata rule sets, which is an open source uh, rule format. Uh, this is only available today in North Virginia, Oregon, and Ireland, uh, though I assume it will be rolling out two regions very, very soon. Uh, which I'll remind you, we don't talk about region expansion at the PicCloud pod, even in the lightning round, because we would do nothing but that. So do keep an eye on that if you're curious and you need it in a different region, keep an eye on your own because we will not update you here. Costs for this are $0.39 cents, uh, per hour for the network firewall endpoint and 0 cents 065 per gigabyte for network firewall traffic processing. And there's a weird comment here, which I didn't fully understand, but maybe Jonathan does. You could, also can use one hour... And one gigabyte of NAT gateway at no additional cost for every hour and gigabyte charge for network firewall. So I assume what they're saying is you don't have to pay for the NAT gateway and the firewall if you have this enabled. You're only paying for that. Yeah, but it's they like a, it in also a very it's an
0: upgrade. It's like getting a 10% dis- 10% discount on the on the firewall, basically. I think NAT gateway used to cost about 35 dollars a month. Cool.
3: So it's a premium. They should have called it NAT gateway premium. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, then they'd be copying Azure. They can't do that. if you do it tongue-in-cheek does it still count as copying like it's you know if
1: it's just an underhanded dig all right so peter it's it's here finally this announcement how do you feel
3: uh i'm very angry that this was not saved for one more week since i got the high roll and i got to go first (laughs) and this was my first election i think andy jazzy hates me and he's been listening to the show and he knew i was going to predict this and so he let it out early just to spite me just for that, I'm never going to recommend it. Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, will, I will recommend it when it makes sense. And I swear, I mean, I'm looking at this right now and it's, I just, you, you go to the AWS marketplace and you look at the activity on the marketplace and what percent of that stuff is third party selling network firewalls uh, as appliances. And this is, you know, now they have the direct competitor, which is going to be always going to be super challenging on Amazon to compete with them.
0: Yeah, you think you're angry, you wait till you hear from Cisco and Palo Alto and everybody Oof. else who, who just last week thought, yes, we finally got this gateway load balancer that we could use to deploy our products. Mm-hmm. And this week, ah, sorry guys, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they give us and they take it away. Six,
3: you had six days. <laughs> what were you doing? You had six days ahead to market.
0: <laughs> what were you waiting for? It's really cool, though. I've been waiting for this for such a long time. It, it just checks so many boxes. And I kind of see them as boxes mostly, but things like stateful inspection of different protocols and different ports have always been one of the challenging things. So we don't need to deploy uh, squid proxies anymore or SOX proxies or anything else. Cool.
1: Yep. Yeah. Initially, I thought this was a bit expensive, but then when I realized it had IDS IPS capability in it and pack, you know, all the stateful packet inspection, it very quickly starts paying for itself. And you look at all things you don't have to run now. Plus, you're getting a NAT gateway kind of plus plus, which is pretty great. So,
0: yeah, and if you could centralize egress and you just have one of these deployed, that's it's just a it's well, you totally could with a
1: transit gateway, right? Or a shared VPC model, you could do that as well. There's a ton of ways to share this across your infrastructure, so you're getting the best of all worlds. Yep. All right. well then this last announcement, it, it snuck in right about four o'clock this afternoon. And I had to mention it, even though I don't think any of you guys had this as a prediction for the show. But I, I want to make sure there was no no ambiguity here. They're introducing the Amazon S3 Storage Lens, uh, which is a new S3 Storage Lens to give you an interactive dashboard, which you can find in the S3 console. All customers will get a dashboard and you can drill into your metrics and understand more about your S3 utilization. And then if you're willing to pay more data, uh, you can pay for your own custom dashboards and do a bunch of customizations and get uh, multiple months of retention versus the default 14 days. The dashboards are built on 14 years of experience, helping customers optimize their storage. And I did attempt to go look at this before the show, but I couldn't log into my account and I wasn't gonna deal with that at the moment, so. I will save that for our follow-up show.
3: You got to click it, enable it, and then wait a little while
0: before you're allowed to that, do anything fun. That's my fun. guess
1: as well. That's why I was trying to get done earlier. And since I failed, I just assumed it won't
0: happen. I think the dashboards are actually built on 14 years of customer complaints, not 14 years of experience. <laughs> 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 what, do, what do you mean you can't tell me how much data is in this bucket, but you can charge me for it at the end of the month? What do you mean I can't get an inventory of all the items in this bucket without spending $10,000 on API calls? Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, Jonathan here. I just wanted to take a minute to thank the cloud consulting gurus at Foghorn for helping make the cloud pod possible. These folks truly get it. Cloud consulting experts since 2008, they are premier tier partners with AWS, Google Cloud Platform Silver, and Microsoft Azure partners. From multi-cloud to containers to moving full production workloads to the cloud, under the tightest compliance, Foghorn's team of full-stack cloud engineers have been there, done that, gotten the t-shirt, and are ready to share their experience with you. If you're in the market for some talent to supplement your team, visit www.fogops.io slash the cloud pod. www.fogops.io slash the cloud pod. Foghorn, the promise of cloud delivered. All right, well,
1: now that I've cleared the decks for all of our Amazon news, we can now make our predictions, which they will either completely ruin between now and reinvent, which is technically still... You know, five business days away before the holiday break. Uh, so they may ruin these, but we will give it the best shot I'm using our crystal balls. Before the show, we did do a roll of the dice, which I think Jonathan will tack into the end of the show uh, as a bonus if you stay all the way through the credits. You can hear us roll and make fun of Ryan and, John and Peter <laughs> and everyone for their rolling ineptitude. I don't know. But anyways, the winner of the roll was Peter uh, followed by Jonathan and then myself and then Ryan uh, came up last on the roll. So in traditional draft rules of the prediction show we are stealing this completely from relay fm <laughs> where they do a prediction for all of the uh or upgrade fm uh, which is probably the relay network for all of the apple events and so the idea here is that if we know if it's already out there in the web world As you know, known or thing that you can't, you can't necessarily mention it. If it's been officially confirmed by Amazon, it does not count. Uh, So it has to be something in the rumor mill that you are hoping is going to come true. It has to be somewhat specific. So we had this agreement last week that we could not go with something very vague. Like they're going to talk about enterprise 35 times or sorry, I can't talk about enterprise in a big way, which I, how I won Google next two years ago and Jonathan's still bitter. But if I had said, he's going to mention specifically enterprise, you know, a specific number of times that we would allow that to go. And then if you hit that number, that'd be okay. So that's what we agreed on uh, before the show. And we will disagree about next week when that means someone wins and someone loses. But for now, that is the agreement that we have as gentlemen here on the show. So Peter, you are on the draft
3: board with your first All right, so I'm going to try my best to lose this year. I'm going to pick things that are highly unlikely to be called, but if they are, I will be considered the Oracle. Let's go with announcement of a tight integration between Sumerian and either third-party, either like Chime or a third-party teleconference solution for virtual in-person meetings. All right. So
1: you are wanting to have virtual meetings with Sumerian and a Chime Slack slash messaging service type thing. I want to put
3: my goggles on. I want Amazon to let me put my goggles on and go to a meeting. That's a a bold pick. I told you I'm going to, I'm trying to lose or be the Oracle.
0: Nothing in between. Speaking of second life, whatever happened to that?
3: (laughs) You know, one of our engineers was like the head DevOps guy there before it was even coined the term DevOps. He built and scaled their whole infrastructure,
0: or SRE. All the way up and all the way down again, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he wasn't there for
3: the down <laughs> side.
1: All right, Jonathan. So before the show, you said that you have an amazing set of picks. So let's, uh, let's
0: hear your first one, as you are now on the draft board. The question is, I've got so many. Which do I go with first? It's like a game of poker. Um, I'm going to go with a serverless graph database.
1: A serverless graph database,
0: like Neptune, but serverless? Yep. Neo4j? I'm not going to say it's Neptune specifically, but it's probably Neptune, but serverless.
3: Incremental. I like it. And in line with their direction of all their tool services. And I've specifically had a prospect ask me if that exists yet. So I think you that's a, that's a really good pick. If you don't win, it's not that you made a bad pick. It's that Amazon had a bad strategy.
0: <laughs> that's what I say. Displeasing customers. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. So I am now on the board. I'm going to go with... My first pick as a snow killer, potentially an upgrade to Redshift and or new product that will directly compete with Snowflake.
2: So what features specifically to hold I, you accountable? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: I, I specifically, I'm looking for a dynamic reporting engine capability that can automatically build out reports and capabilities based on the data being
2: ingested, just like Snowflake can.
3: Awesome.
1: Ryan. And Ryan, that puts you on the board.
2: So I think... They're going to follow in the footsteps of Google and Azure and announce a control plane for managing Kubernetes clusters that are both on-prem and EKS.
3: Anthos, basically direct competitor to Anthos without the $10,000 minimum fee.
2: We'll see. Yeah, I don't
3: know. I'm not making any predictions on that.
1: Come on. That. Come on. <laughs> go on, land. All right. Well, that puts you back on the board, Peter, for your second pick.
3: I'm going to go with a major upgrade to... CloudWatch logs, plus GuardDuty, plus Firehose, plus all the crap, CloudWatch events that currently Amazon says is a sim and say that they come out with a legit sim product with and for it to count, it's either got to have its own name or they have to have done something to GuardDuty to where you don't have to have all those other components and there's a, a UI in front of it. So a legit competitor to Splunk.
0: Got it. Build so it, it manages incidents, not just <laughs> gives you a list of events.
3: Yes, absolutely. Not just API, not just CloudWatch events, not just CloudTrail logs, but instance-based aggregation as well. So integrating CloudWatch logs with the Guard Duty type features, but it might just be its own product. I don't know. But I want, I'm want. i predicting that Splunk will not be happy. Yep. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's a great choice. All right, Jonathan, that puts you up for your number two.
0: I think one of the biggest complaints I've heard and the number of outages that are caused by EC2 maintenance events where, oops, the server went down, oops, we had to reboot it and product teams don't build that kind of monitoring into their products and so things just disappear and come back again and it's it's always a bit of an unknown. So I think that there will be live migration of some instance types between EC2 hosts so that maintenance events don't cause the damage they do today.
1: This is one of those questions I always had of like, I always felt like they sort of had live migration. They just didn't make it exposed to you. And so they could do that for maintenance events. But, you know, you're, it's possible that they would make that available because other, other cloud providers are doing it. So I think
0: it's an excellent pick. We will see.
3: But like live migration across availability zones?
0: No. I think within an AZ is reasonable. Okay.
3: Because I kind of felt like they were probably doing that behind the scenes, but between availability zones, for sure, they're not doing. Like we found that out with Heartbleed when they were literally telling you when RDS instances, if you were in a single availability zone, were going down.
0: I have a reason to think that that, that may be a feature. Which may become evident with my last pick.
1: My my second pick is going to be a. You yeah, know, I think that Gartner dig on them about their price cuts not being all affecting other customers really bothers them, and so I'm going to go with a major price cut in either bandwidth or a major EC2 class C,
3: M, or R. So what's a major price cut? Ten percent plus twenty percent? I'd say over over ten percent. Yes, I think that's fair.
0: Okay. I was thinking it would be Fargate, honestly, because if they've enabled Fargate for light sale, then they're probably bringing down the, the price of Fargate. To well,
1: manage. they, did that, a huge they already huge price cut for Fargate. Yeah, yeah, they cut it in half. All right, Ryan, that puts you on the board for your second pick.
2: I think that with the plays and the observability in space, I think they're going to make a big move into tracing and visualization of application tracing across the board. So I think they're going to be... I don't know exactly what it's going to look like but it's going to be some sort of announcement in the observability space that's powered by you know AI and machine learning cuz of course everything has to be That's a good guess. I also had that on my list as a potential, mostly based on some of that
1: open telemetry stuff we talked about a couple of weeks ago. I thought maybe that was leading into some managed service. So I think that's a great 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 guess. I hope that it doesn't whatever they announce doesn't go after honeycomb though cuz I think that's a good company and good product. I like to see them succeed. All right, Peter. That puts you back on the board at your third pick. Third and final.
3: Awesome. First, I do want to give credit for my ARVR pick to one of our engineers, Stuart Goings, who thought that was an interesting thing. And I'm going to give credit to Caleb Hyde for my next pick, which I think I understood.
1: If you
2: don't uh, understand it, I don't know if you can have as your pick. <laughs> So the, oh, he's just got to be able to defend it. So I don't know. Yeah, a robotics
3: SDK similar to Ground Station, but for robotics. Don't so, they
1: have a robotics SDK?
3: I don't know. It does sound vaguely familiar.
1: Going to the internet. So Robomaker does simulation, cloud extensions, fleet management, and development environment. So yes, I would say that is not an SDK. So I will let it go. Robot SDK for tight integrations. Jonathan, your third and final pick after much chag- you know, much uh, hype.
0: I think there will be a fairly detailed discussion about the use of IoT in the COVID response for Amazon and Amazon Web Services.
3: So like as a feature of the talk, they'll be talking about how Amazon is using IoT internally. And as so for, for COVID, I
1: get it. Yep,
0: that makes yep. sense. I think they spent a lot of money. I think it must have gone somewhere. And I'm pretty sure they would have had things like thermal edging cameras on, on entrance ways and that kind of thing. I think they'll mention that because IoT is very important to them right now. All right.
1: Good. That's awesome. So my third pick is a wish list. I don't think this is going to happen, but I want it to happen. So I'm going to make it my third pick. I think they're going to announce their own version of a cloud shell. Oh, fun. Which would be an online version of a terminal that I can run CLI commands uh, and AWS commands in the cloud, authenticated with IAM, all natively in the console. That's what I'm looking for.
2: Yeah, that should be there already. That's a great pick. That's a no-brainer.
1: What are they going to call it? Web console? I don't
2: know. know. If If they deploy that. And, you know, and commands can be restricted or at least I am permissions can be restricted that that'll save me from a predicted six to eight weeks of development time because I'm going to make my own. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: it. That's my third pick. I feel I want it so badly. I don't know if they'll do it, but I, you know, I I think there's been a lot enough hype about Cloud Shell and how awesome it is on both Azure and GCP that I could see them maybe going, Okay, we want that, too. So we'll see. But I, I, I sort of feel like that may be why. Colm has gone to the IAM team. I feel like that's something that may not be this year. Maybe next year. We'll see. Ryan, your third and final pick.
2: Stance one is very similar to Jonathan's, but not quite. So I'm I'm wondering if I should capitalize. So I'm going to also go with, I'll do a COVID response as well. I think that they're going to highlight the adoption rate of cloud computing in response to, to pandemic and how they were able to enable their customers to, you know, stay in business. So how they didn't fall over like Azure. (laughs) To separate these from
1: Jonathan's and yours. So Jonathan's is more about how they're using their technologies for their response to COVID in the warehouses and the shipping, manufacturing, logistics pipeline. Ryan's is how Amazon's a huge enabler of COVID response and adoption of cloud computing in general.
3: That So everyone had to to get stuff. You had to scale up to meet new demand because everyone's working at home and everyone's doing more cloud computing and Amazon didn't fall over. It makes
1: sense to me. I, I, I can accept that as a I like that.
3: reasonable dif- differentiation between your two
1: picks. Otherwise, we'd have to call shenanigans, as we do. All right. So, again, if there's a tiebreaker, we have a tiebreaker, which is a number, uh, as we like to do, which is follows Price's Right rules. So, it is the closest number without going over. And the question that you will all answer in reverse draft order is, how many new products slash features in total will Andy Jassy announce during his keynote, either in Word or on Slide? Wait, reverse draft order? that's the worst order
3: for me because i get to go blast because i (laughs) win.com remember that i (laughs) won.com you remember i won.com that was the best yahoo competitor
1: yes (laughs) so ryan how many new features capabilities products do you think he will announce
2: i am gonna go with six that'd be the smallest reinvent ever (laughs) (laughs) Is this, is this just the first keynote, though? Right. Yeah. Yes, but it, we've seen in
1: in the last few years Warner does not announce anything.
2: So I So it's just what he announces on stage. Like, I'll have to go back and look at 2019. I didn't feel like it was a large number. It's a larger number than you realize, I think. I am going to go with 23.
1: Wow. Apparently, six is low. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, 29. And Peter,
3: seven. It's the, <laughs> it's the
2: version of one right it's 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 like
3: it's like uh, kind of the or, version of Blonde. seven or
2: 30 right it's yeah in there no not 30 because it's without going over right well if it's if it's anything over 30 like anything oh, over 30 you'd win yeah
0: or he could have said 24 and he could have got everything between your seven and your six. And, yeah, so basically uh, now sense. Ryan
1: has to hit it on the nose. Right. And,
0: <laughs> and, Sorry, Peter,
1: <laughs> and Peter can, has now has between seven and 23, which is a pretty good range. Those hey,
3: rolls Ryan, are important. important. <laughs> Ryan, you'll get the consolation. I'll cheat and give you the automatic win tonight, and uh, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. But I'm going to automatically give you the win in lightning round as a, as a consolation prize.
0: But don't tell Excellent. anyone. Okay, well, I'll keep do, it. Do we have any um, like uh, almost made it to your Yes, yeah, so I,
1: I have a bunch of honorable mentions because I wasn't sure what you guys were going to come out here with. I had kind of a vague one, but I was going to go with it, and it's sort of a difficult one for me to choose because I, I have some. NDA information I can't talk about but I was going to say AWS will launch four hybrid solutions which allow them to manage something on AWS, Azure, GCP or on premises and I know one for sure so it's sort of weird and then the next one I had was a unified telemetry x-ray insights console and capability which was sort of kind of feeding off the idea they have they keep creating these like very common consoles so that was kind of my next one and then I had a, a lambda will be supported on either outposts or on premise oh I like that oh yeah and then my next one was uh, an alternative to Envoy, maybe Linkerd. Yeah, you know, they already have an alternative container solution with ECS. Maybe they try to double down on that by saying we're going to partner with Linkerd and some of these other kind of very popular but not the number ones, and say this is the right platform to run those on. I thought maybe kind of interesting.
3: Certainly helped Linkerd too.
1: And then I had a CloudWatch revamp uh, or a managed Prometheus offering. And then my last honorable mention was the house band will be laid off in favor of the chartbuster winners being the intro songs to all of Andy Jesse's sections.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, that's more just you wish that I think. So, yeah, yeah, I did, but I yeah. you know, I
1: that's why I didn't use it. But I had it available <laughs> if I needed it. Like if if I had been so similar to you guys. So that's a, that's a that's my list of honorable mentions that I did not give you as my main picks.
3: All right, I have two. I have two. One I found on some of the forums asking for features. And I haven't had this issue myself, but I thought it was kind of interesting would be to enable uh, S3 or EFS with uh, content addressable storage offering. You can read about it. But like basically you write once and then you don't edit. So anytime you want a new thing, you just write a new edit or delete. So you always know that the version based on a hash, like the object is based on a hash and you know that that is always the same version. It's never changed.
1: Don't you kind of have that with versioning and IAM policies? Because you, you can kind of do worm drives. on.
3: You can do yeah. it, right? You can do it. But versioning, then the, the current version is changing. But then you would have to go reference the older version so I, that's why I didn't pick it as one of my main ones I didn't even know like you said you can you can rig this today so you can have this functionality but like an actual service that's just that just returns the hash and you know it's so it never changes.
1: Yeah it'd be cool if you could declare the version number and then you could reference you, that way you know what the version number is and then reference it by the version number that'd be kind of neat I can see there, there's some use cases there I'm sure.
0: You can do that with HTTP you just put query version equals and then the hash and it gives you that version but
2: only if you know
0: know the version.
3: And then my second one, this one I'm I'm going outside of my technical expertise and I'm moving into my standard human interactions and I want to predict that one of the people that show up on stage live for the keynote will trip and fall. Okay. <laughs> I
1: like, not, I would not make a pick because we don't know if there will be a stage.
3: Oh, you're right. <laughs> but, there might not be a stage. You know, I'm That's hoping that they've one.
1: learned from the other, you know, Satya Nadella, Nadella in front of his library or from, uh, you know, other conferences I've seen where people are just in front of their desks, that that is not an effective way. And they take the, take the note from the Apple keynotes where they're actually produced and uh, packaged video. But, uh, you know, again, Andy said his is live. So I do think there might be a stage because I don't know how you do a live keynote from your house. How about Jonathan? Did you have any honorable mentions?
0: I do. I think that the natural progression from the confidential computing, you know, Nitro Enclaves type service will be things like replacement for hardware key management systems. You can now prove that the, the, the key manager is invulnerable to penetration from outside. You can't get the keys out because it's all encrypted. I think it will significantly reduce the cost of key management in the cloud. Number two, I think that the current gap still in forensics in AWS is to be able to take a snapshot of the running memory from the hypervisor level. You know, if you don't have access to a box because your controls don't permit it, then if there's an intrusion, you have no way of capturing current state of the memory. The only way to do that's from outside. So I think for some instance types, maybe it's maybe they start developing these things for Nitro only. You'll be able to take a snapshot of running memory because it's very important for security. I think there'll be an update on self-driving vehicle technology and I think they'll announce another 5G partner.
1: Do you have a guess on which one?
0: No. Not, not many. Foghorn.
1: There's I'll not tell many. you right now, it's not Foghorn.
0: <laughs> There's not many
1: left. There really isn't. It'd be something like AT&T or T-Mobile basically saying, yeah, we're already partnered with GCP or Azure, but we're also not going to partner with AWS.
0: Yeah, potentially. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure who's big in the, you know, like the, the southeast kind of Miami area where they announced the wavelength regions, but I would imagine they're closely tied. Hmm.
1: Interesting.
2: And then Ryan, did you have any honorable mentions? I've got two. So I, I'm suspecting there's going to be an enhanced development experience with Fargate or Lambda. So things like, you know, attaching to a running function or a running container in Fargate. And, you know, maybe some integrations like uh, at the SDK level, I was thinking as well. And the second one is because Andy is doing his keynote live I think they're going to want to make a splash and there will be some sort of stunt at some point so I was going to try to make it specific and say at least if not Andy, one of the people that are part of the live keynote will arrive via car or vehicle. Or self-driving, self-driving driving car Self-driving yeah.
0: car. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point yeah. or, or parachute maybe Or yeah,
2: robot so, or a robot. I originally wrote down Nancy Andy and Jesse will parachute in I did, <laughs> I did actually write that down and Dropping I'm, in from, say, a, from an Amazon drone yeah. yeah. I decided that there's no way he would actually be that cool. So. Nope. All right. So i want
1: to write that down as someone will arrive by alternative transportation method. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I that. Okay.
0: like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's an excellent set of picks. I feel pretty good about these. I, I think someone might win because right now the score for our draft picture is zero, zero, zero because no, we have won none of them. I <laughs> don't think.
2: It's
1: been a little weird with COVID and how they've handled these. And then especially some of them have been very less event, you know, less announcement driven and, yeah, I doesn't know. So we will find out. I'm, I'm very eager to find out, and we will see very, very soon. Just remember, if we lose, it's not because we did a bad job. It's because they did a bad job. Correct. Right. These are the things that we want and need. We are their customers, and they listen to their customers, right? So that's... that's...
0: Just no more roti makers, please. <laughs> Cloud computing has changed the way we live, do business, and stay connected. With everyone using the same cloud platforms, winning and losing comes down to having the best talent to build products better and faster. So whether you're an aspiring innovator looking to level up, or a business harnessing the transformative power of the cloud, tech skills and cloud certifications have never been more important. Cloud Academy has thousands of video courses, learning paths, practical hands-on labs in real-world cloud environments, and tools designed to help teams assess, build and validate critical cloud skills. Most importantly, Cloud Academy stays agile, challenging you with new content, labs and tons of features that ensure your skills stay relevant and everyone can level up. They cover everything from major certifications to DevOps, security and programming languages. Cloud Academy is a cloud training platform of choice for Fortune 500 companies, and thousands of tech professionals around the world. Don't just take their word for it. Check out their reviews on G2 and get started now at cloudacademy.com. For a limited time, our listeners can lock in 50% off the monthly price for life. Just put in the coupon code cloudpod when checking out. It's a great way to pursue certifications or just cloud build expertise during this crazy time. Again, go to cloudacademy.com and use the coupon code cloudpod to lock in 50% off the monthly price.
1: Well, GCP is uh, attempting to make a splash as usual before reInvent to be a big spoiler. And the first one is one that we have talked about here on the show many times. You know, we really like the idea of Anthos, but we don't want to pay for Anthos because it costs you $10,000 a month and it has a one year commitment, which is $120,000 a year, which is more than any of us want to spend on something like Anthos. So Google apparently has heard us complain mercilessly uh, about this, as well as many, many other people who have complained about Anthos and its extreme costs to even get it started into. And so they have released the Anthos Developer Sandbox, which gives you an easy way to learn how to develop on Anthos. It's available to you at no cost to anyone with a Google account you don't even have to be a Google Cloud customer. You don't have to be a G Suite customer. You can just go there and you can play with us right now. So So not only did they lower the bar to get into this,
3: they lowered it way down. That's called From Zero to Hero. So exactly. That's
1: There are several tools included in the Anthos Developers Sandbox, including the Cloud Shell Editor, the Cloud Code Build, and the Cloud Build Local capabilities. And with these three components, you have everything you need to iterate on, debug, and test your own application for deploying to Anthos. Once finished, experimenting the Anthos Developer Sandbox cleans up all the related resources and brings you the power of Cloud Code, Cloud Build, GKE, Build Packs, and the Cloud Run Anthos to your fingertips. You can learn more about this in their Anthos channel on the Google Community Slack, which is out there available for those in the Google ecosystem.
0: Mm, Presumably that lack of persistence and them helping clear up all the resources stops us using it to run production workloads. Mm -hmm. Correct.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Because they made it very, very free (laughs) to a very large number of people.
0: Yeah. The problem isn't that we don't want to use it. The problem is it's too expensive. Maybe they'll realize that.
2: Yeah, but in reality, really all I want to do is play with it. So <laughs> this is the perfect world for
1: me. <laughs> I mean, I think the key thing is if, I, if I'm if i thinking Anthos is the solution and the cost for me to even find out if it's a good solution or a bad solution for my use case is $120,000 bill, that's a non-starter for a lot of teams. This at least gets you in and say, hey, look at this amazing thing I can do with the Anthos developer kit. If we bought Anthos, I could do this this much faster. So it, it helps with that story. I would still like to see you know the commitment go away and a price cut on Anthos or you know maybe leave the price but remove the 12-month commitment. I don't know. Yeah. It's not very cloud native. I just want to be more cloud native.
0: It's very Oracle-y, isn't it? Like charging per per CPU.
2: It was one of the very first things TK ever announced. After you've paid the one hundred twenty thousand dollars commitment, right? Then what are the extra charges that you weren't budgeting for? You know that always gets you with any kind of cloud service, whether it's you know network bandwidth or or data transfer or just compute at general, like you know those types of deals. You know, well, and you're the instances you're, you
1: know the instances GKE is running on. Like there's there's so many costs that are come into that. So. All right, and then uh, next up is Artifact Registry is now generally available. This is the expansion of Container Registry. So they've always had the Container Registry. They've actually, instead of you know creating a new product for Artifacts, they basically just expanded that one. And so now the new one uh, supports both container images, Maven, npm packages, and additional formats that are becoming soon. I'm assuming .NET is on their list. Uh, very quickly and the artifact registry helps your organization benefit from scale security and standardization across your software supply chain the google container registry artifact registry is a single place to store container images as well as language and os packages it's a fully managed platform with artifact registry helping you to get total control of your software delivery process with new features including support for regional repositories VPC service controls, granular per-repo access controls, and customer-managed encryption keys. And also offers you built-in vulnerability scanning for containers and integration with binary
2: authorization for you to use their secure container workloads. I mean, it makes sense. They expand artifact registry on top of container registry just because people have been sort of abusing one or either of those services the other way anyway, right? So I've seen, you know, RPM stored in Docker registries, and I've seen containers stored in artifact registries. So this is, you know,
1: it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Amazon as it, two different services and Google's doing it as one. So, you know, one is right, one is wrong. I don't know which one it is. I don't know. I hate ECR, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have a vote.
3: Given the fact that developers were the primary target from all of these hyperscalers back before anybody would consider running production workloads on the cloud, it's amazing that it's taken this long for all of them to come out with something similar to Artifactory.
1: It did take them quite a while. I mean, this has definitely been the year, though, where they finally come out with Artifact. All of them have. Yeah. Everyone, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: which I was I was happy to see. So I won't complain they were late, but they were late. It's just surprising that that wasn't prioritized early, early on when people were just doing development.
1: I mean, I think a lot of times you, you need to have the development tools to support it to even put stuff into it. And so a lot of them, you know, just kind of got those things recently. I mean, Microsoft bought GitHub, so they all of a sudden had it. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Google had built out their own capabilities as well. And, you know, AWS has had the code family, which no one uses, at least I know of. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm glad to see it. I think it's the right move.
2: And if you're a smaller organization storing your your, your binaries or what have you, just store it in S3, it's, what a registry really gives you is the ability to do things like, you know, controlling access to specific ones and, you know, organization, you know, those types of things, versioning, automatic promotion. Those are all, you know, the extra features that you get out of a registry. It's more than just storage. And so if you're a certain, under a certain size, you know, I'll just dump it in S3. No big deal.
1: Well, next up is a partnership between Shopify and Google Cloud, which I didn't know until I read the article. And I was my first thought of this was this is the best name product I've ever seen from Google Cloud. And then I found out that the name came from Shopify. So, Hmm. (laughs) you know,
2: I'll take it. This
1: is uh, this is the new voucher service, which is a service to help secure your container supply chain. So, you know, after the container registry expansion, uh, Google has additional gifts uh, for the container supply chain, which is the open source addition to the secure software supply chain toolbox with Voucher. Developed by the software supply chain security team at Shopify to work with Google Cloud Tools, Voucher evaluates container images created by your CI/CD pipelines and signs those images or gives you a voucher if they meet certain predefined security criteria to run on your infrastructure. Well done, sir. <laughs> well done.
0: <laughs> or ma'am. That's awesome. Oh, it's like they're vouching for you.
1: I know. I. I. You're secure. Yeah. I have a voucher. I proved it. See. Here you go. I get it. I'm thinking well of more
0: like a
3: person, right? The voucher who vouches for you. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a voucher.
1: I don't know if that's a. Is that, It's a verb. Like you can vouch for someone, but
3: I don't know that it's a type of person. Like a cobbler. Like a. You know, <laughs> I, I did want to be a cobbler, but then, you know, Zappos came out, so now I want to be a voucher.
0: I'm kind of curious about how it works, actually, because you know, any other vouchers you can photocopy or. <laughs> what kind of? Fake? Well, I
1: mean, their voucher is technically a signed key, so
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little bit harder to forge. I mean, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of these types of services, as especially as workloads get more distributed and and people stop sort of developing in these like high wall gardens. You know, it's it's been a bane of you know security orgs' existence. You know, like you can just pull any image from. A public Docker registry and just run it in production, and or build on top of it. Like, how do you know which one it is? How do you know this is the the same one that you pulled yesterday? So, digital signing is just a way to sort of
0: vouch for all those things. Does it compete with their existing binary authorization? System, it, it plugs it into
1: their binary authorization system, so okay. you can use it to sign your packages and give that signing information to the binary uh, tool. So that's a nice way to do it. They've also announced several other new capabilities in the security space. The first one being the Cloud Armor Adaptive Protection Capability, which is a new technology that leverages years of experience using machine learning to solve security challenges plus deep experience protecting our own user properties against Layer 7 DDoS attacks. The system can detect high-volume application layer DDoS attacks against your web apps and service and dramatically accelerate the time to mitigate. And not only will it just surface the attacks, they will tell you why it surfaced it and why it thinks it's malicious, which is nice because sometimes I wonder about these tools, and I'm like, why do you think that's a bad thing? And... But context, it's uh, very
3: easy to figure those things out, which is great. Your customers are ordering too many of your products. We're turning them off. Yeah, great. (laughs) Thanks for that. I really appreciate it.
1: The next one up is the firewall insights, which will help you optimize your firewall configuration with a number of detection capabilities, including shadowed rule detection to identify firewall rules that have been accidentally shadowed by conflicting rules with higher priorities, which may possibly be because of the next feature, which they announced was the Google Cloud hierarchical firewall policies, <laughs> which allows you to provide new flexible levels of controls so that you can benefit from centralized to control the organization full level while safely delegating more granular control within a project. So when security says you can't do this at the global level, you might want to know that your rule that said you could do this is now being shadowed by that rule by security, which makes sense. So glad to give you, that give you a whole product for that though. Firewall insights will now tell you that your security team boned you on that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's probably because they introduced the hierarchical firewall policies and then everyone started calling support. It's not working. <laughs> it's I opened it up and it's not working. I think it's funny Other when you last- hear about how
0: many years of experience, that have gone into developing these things machine learning has got years of experience when you could potentially have thousands of years of experience in machine learning in the space of (laughs) in the space of six months
2: yeah seriously it's thousands of years of of experience but half of that experience is or actually way more than half like all of that experience is just trying things at random
1: (laughs) 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 the last item in the security answer is there are some new controls for Google Cloud packet mirroring to allow you to add more filters so you get less data which is something you should enable And then, uh, just because reInvent is coming up very, very quickly, Google Cloud Next gave a recap blog post about their top 10 most popular sessions from Google Cloud Next uh, 20 on air, which was their nine weeks of conference that we talked about mercilessly here on the show. And there's some interesting takeaways from this that I thought I'd just kind of share with you guys. So first of all, the number one session of all of Google Cloud Next was no code and using no code solutions. So even though we are not the audience for no code, there is definitely a group of people who is very interested
0: no I, I, I completely disagree this like when you see surveys, you know nine out of ten dentists recommend toothpaste well what was it, what was the actual question you asked? was it do you recommend this toothpaste or not brushing your teeth the The lack of context in the in the question and the answer is is highly evident because i was I was like morbidly curious about no code, but I wasn't going there because I was interested in using it. I was interested to see what it was they'd have to offer so I, I think if you looked at customer feedback. On these sessions or customer feedback on the products that they built, it would not be it wouldn't have parity with this this order.
1: Satisfaction of the ser- of the session is a different topic. The next several you know on the list here are all around migrating to Google Workspaces, G Suite things, just you know things that. Technically, part of Google's cloud, but are not really things that I consider to be Google cloud platform. It's really just Google apps. And so that's fine. The first GCP story came up, uh, which was do it live Fitbit's zero downtime migration to GCP, which was the fourth most popular topic, which I actually might go check out because I hadn't seen that one. And I'm sort of intrigued. The next up was, of course, several BigQuery items and data warehousing, machine learning stuff. And then the very last one was uh, mastering security and compliance in the Google Cloud, (laughs) which I think is probably on the top 10 list of every conference around the cloud because security people are still trying to desperately figure out how to do security in the cloud in a big way.
2: And everyone who is not security is trying to figure out what security is freaking talking about <laughs> yeah exactly
1: i wish that amazon would actually come and give a very similar article uh, for their conference i'd love to see kind of what's the most popular ones especially since you know it's no longer limited by how many butts are in seats uh you can now actually measure this effectively and say oh well this talk actually got this many views versus that one which got significantly less versus they both were maxed out because they only had you know 100 seats each <laughs> which uh, was a bit more difficult in the on-premise conference model
0: now fitbit zero downtime migrations kinda of interesting to me. I'm wondering what, what it was that they were what their difficulties were, why it's why it's a challenge and why they couldn't why it was interesting to make a presentation of it because if you think about the entire wearable device ecosystem, it's designed to work when it's disconnected. It's designed to cache, cache information and then ship it off later. So who-
1: it, it's going to be a database story of some sort because it's always a database.
0: And I mean, DNS. so
2: when Garmin had that major outage, it made news. Like people, it's I get that it's made to work when it's not connected, but people like to see their metrics. They like to track that and they like to see the, you know, this see the results of that that wearable device. So it made news. I mean, it made news when when Garmin went offline. So I, I are, imagine are, that are they back yet? It, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i never heard a story to say it back yet so you know fair point <laughs> i know, i bet it
3: has a lot to do with getting your development team involved in the migration because on super high you know large scale migrations like that if you get some some collaboration with your development team to add features like dual write uh, or metadata layers you could make migration zero times so easy but usually the mandate is, yeah, we're not we're not gonna distract them. We're just gonna make it happen at the infrastructure layer on the back end, and then it just becomes super challenging.
2: No, I, I don't know how many migrations I've been a part of where if, if they could introduce the you know, the idea of, you know, multi-cluster or sharding or pods or, you know, something along those lines and where you can move customers from one to the other as part of the migration. But, you know, yeah, it is always so copy the data, walk it over to the other side, plug it back in.
3: Yeah, we had a, a customer who had petabytes back when that was a lot of data in the data center. And it's like, how are we ever going to move this stuff in a timely fashion? And, you know, just development team was totally on board and it was, Hey, let's just write a metadata layer that says either the data is on the file system in the data center, or it's in S3 and let's track where it is. And then when the customer asks for it, we're going to go ahead and pull it and show it to them. And then when we put it back, we're putting it back in S3 and Then at night, we're just going to move stuff that's not being touched. And it was a zero downtime migration with no problem. And that was back in like 2015. Or you can get stubborn people who just want to build new features and then it's impossible.
1: Well, Azure is continuing down the premium world. So uh, they are announcing the preview of Azure Files SMB multi-channel on premium tier. SMB 3.0 introduced the... SMB multi-channel technology in Windows Server 2012 and Windows 8 and the benefits of SMB multi-channel include higher throughput increased IOPS network fault tolerance automatic configuration and cost optimization and this is available to you for free with your Azure file premium uh, service for no additional cost uh, so if you're trying to do massive amounts of file copies on the SMB protocol I will tell you that it's terrible terrible experience <laughs> which is why no one does it until this came out many years ago but no one knows actually how to enable it so no one actually uses this feature in most networks but uh, when you do enable enable it, it is pretty great. And something we used to do as a trick back in the day was we download these third party download tools like FileGit and others, and you would stream multi-throughput sessions to get downloads much, much faster of your favorite potentially MP3 file that you downloaded illegally off the back of a truck.
0: <laughs> back when I was a teenager <laughs> many, many years ago. I was thinking the turbo button that went from twenty five to fifty megahertz was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Good to see that they're actually adding features to the premium versus making this the Azure files SMB multi-channel for Azure ultra premium tier. <laughs> would you pay more money for? And then the next one is uh, one that actually makes me mad. Uh, this is the Azure firewall premium offering is now available in public preview. <laughs> uh, so, you know, with the premium version of the firewall, you get things that are important, sort of like TLS inspection or intrusion detection and prevention system, web categorization, and URL filtering. Azure Firewall Premium does utilize their firewall policies, a global resource that can be used to centrally manage your firewalls using the Azure Firewall Managers. And no pricing is available because this is a preview, but the current non-premium firewall is $1.25 per deployment hour and a penny and a half per gigabyte processed. So when this gets launched, I'm sort of curious how much more they're gonna charge me for this. But I feel like TLS inspection and URL filtering, that should just be table stakes on a firewall. Like that, that annoys me. The web categorization, you know, maybe that, not everyone needs that. So maybe that's an extra charge. But then the intrusion detection prevention, I should get that for free in most firewalls today. I mean, it's, it's a pretty common feature. It's a checkbox for most firewall evaluations you do these days. So that they're charging extra for these four things makes me just super cranky.
2: Even consumer grade routers are starting to, you know, have some version of those, and so yeah, I, I do believe that this is coming a little bit more standard. But you know, all the cloud providers are trying to milk the enterprise. So,
3: yes, from a pricing standpoint, I'm holding my pinky up to the corner of my mouth and thinking about the price. <laughs> <laughs> It'll cost
1: you one million dollars. <laughs> all right, that is it for the main show. Let's go to the lightning round, Peter. .NET Five is now available and is your app service. It is the new, the new world of .Net that's about to you know ruin every .Net developer's life for many years as they kill you know they're collapsing WCF they're collapsing a ton of stuff in .Net the UI UX components are all getting you know stripped out so there's just a ton of work for developers on .Net world take to them to .Net Five.
2: Is this making it more Linux friendly? Like you know it does move, work on Linux yes you course. can run yeah.
0: you can run it on Linux which is nice. If you know the features it has you can look it up in the Dot Matrix. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh, AWS Step Functions now supports Amazon EKS service integration because who doesn't love JSON
1: who doesn't want to, want to add Step Functions format whatever that is
2: <laughs> yeah this makes sense because you you know in Step Functions you have the you know pull forever function so now you can have that just pull your Amazon EKS service forever Amazon Kendra adds
3: user
0: tokens for secure search I think Kendra only has token users right now anyway
2: Okay,
3: moving on. Amazon Athena announces the availability of Engine version 2. I
1: mean, if you consider what Amazon Athena has now an Engine, I guess you could call the new one version 2. But an Engine's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: What exactly do they
0: constitute as version 1? It's a horse going around inside on one of those <laughs> wheels. <laughs> yeah.
3: AWS <laughs> Lambda now makes it easier to send logs to custom destinations.
1: Which is translated to just means a custom log group. Because they only go to CloudWatch.
2: <laughs> but now I can fire them off into space. It says custom destination. should be able to choose no. whatever you want. As long as that destination is
3: CloudWatch, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> what are the space services they're offering now? You should be able to do that. AWS Systems Manager Explorer now provides a multi-account, multi-region summary of AWS
2: Config compliance. So the product team for Config says, no one's looking at our compliance dashboards. What can we do? We'll just centralize them. And no one will look at the config compliance dashboards.
1: Yes. Especially consider they're, they're buried under systems manager explorer.
3: There are new Amazon S3 console that improves upload speed, simplifies common tasks, and makes it even easier to manage storage.
1: So you know that old adage, how do you know a salesperson's lying? Their lips are moving. You know how you know a press release is lying? They say console improvement. Yeah, you're just picturing the Red
3: 53 improvements.
1: I, so I actually have not seen this new console because someone complained to me about it, that it was terrible in the chat room on Slack. And I went to go look at it so I could then complain it Justin as a thing today. But both of the accounts that I use for testing for the CloudPod uh, don't have the new console yet. so And I, I didn't look at the work accounts. So.
2: so here's the problem with Amazon's console, right? So there's, you know, the new EC2 console, for instance, uh, I hate it. And it's... Very similar to the new Amazon S3 console, which I love. And the only difference between those is that it's replacing the old Amazon S3 console.
1: Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> and oh, which yes. which version of the S3 console are you referring to? Because they've had so many like half-baked starting. Like, Remember the green one that was sort of like green dialog boxes and that went away. And now I, I, I hope to eventually see it. I just... Yeah, you know, I, I did see the new co- interface for that dashboard earlier, so maybe I should have looked further. It maybe definitely
2: looks better, but some of the some of the functionality they have as far as refreshing and and you know persistent state and cookies is is a little problematic.
1: So the, the person who complained said that the process to download a file, which is now multiple clicks and multiple windows, was what drove him off the rocker on it. So I, I have not tried to do any of those things because I haven't seen it. But he said uploading and downloading
2: files is much more complicated. Via the UI, I think downloading is easier.
0: I tried to take a screenshot of the new UI, but I, I zoomed out to, so, you know, like... 2% or something, I could just about get all of the different panes in view on a, on a thing to take a picture of it. But the, upload, the uploads are real painful because you can't just drag files straight onto the pa- thing. You've got to click the upload button and then you've got to click another button that says, no, I really want to upload, give me the file picker. It's, I don't know, it's designed for people who don't have to use a console. Perfect.
3: No wonder. But Ryan, you're saying <laughs> that it's all relative.
0: <laughs> it's relative
3: to where you started, improvement yes. is relative to where you started.
2: Because I'm like drinking that. away all the memories before the last two S3 console <laughs> it's versions. Like I totally forgot those. Yeah, but the last two have been painful, like enough to where you know I I would not use them. Like I would open a terminal specifically to do S3 actions, just because I do not like that console.
3: I think we all forget the first one that like would time out if you were doing an upload that was too large, like oh, to I the that. thirty second oh, yeah. timeout. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's I gotten did. better. I think. I need to test it actually because uh, one of my pet peeves has been when you, when you search for a file in the actual console, it would only ever do a search from the first characters of the of the key. You couldn't search for a word part way part way down. So I'm going to test it. I'll test it. If 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 they've fixed that, I'll I'll give them a pass. Yeah. Okay.
3: Moving on. AWS Step Functions now supports Amazon API Gateway service integration.
2: This is, again, another one where I don't have a joke. I'm actually just really, I'm kind of excited about this one. Like, it, your love of step functions is <laughs> that's <good>. disturbing me.
3: <laughs> step functions is the ultimate serverless, in my opinion. I think it's super cool, and it, but you got to, I mean, you got to commit to building stuff and it's, it's not easy, right?
2: I can trigger my state machines with an API call. Is is what is those. So I don't, you know, like depending on how I manage authentication, the whole thing, like it's, this is going to be pretty powerful.
0: I, I feel like it should be the other way around, though. I feel like it's a, it's a backwards press release. It should have been the API gateway now supports step functions integration. Because if the integrations on the back end, not, not the front end, I would have understood it much better the other way around.
1: Well, do you, so uh, that's a good question. Is this actually Amazon step functions now can send APIs to the gateway? Or is it the API gateway can actually send functions to the step? You know, uh, which way is it?
2: I didn't read it. You're right. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: Let's see here. Let's see. AWS Stuff Functions is now integrated with the Amazon API Gateway REST and HP APIs, making it faster and easier to build application workflows, including microservices created by API Gateway. You can use API Gateway integration to create a workflow that orchestrates HTTP and REST APIs, acting as the front door for the business logic running on Amazon Lambda, a serverless compute service, or Amazon Elastic container service fully managed container, blah, blah, blah. You think you're right. So I think you you win on this one.
3: Amazon Elasticsearch service adds support for hot reload of dictionary files. Because everyone loves to talk about the dictionary and how out of whack it is.
1: So
2: now you can hot reload it. I, I totally went a different way on that one. Like, that's hot.
3: Amazon MSK customers can now use cruise control to more easily scale and balance resource utilization within clusters.
1: I, mean, I love paying for a managed service that then I have to use a third-party open source tool to actually scale and balance it. So yeah, thank <laughs> you for that.
2: <laughs> and it's like real cruise control. If you actually take your hands off the wheel, you're going to crash and burn.
0: Yeah. It's like, Tom Cruise Control.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, nice.
3: Amazon Textract adds handwriting recognition and support for new languages. Only because they haven't seen my handwriting. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was going to yeah. say the same thing.
0: <laughs> I, I think it's totally a, a medical feature because I've never seen a doctor's handwriting. They're notoriously impossible.
2: A career in computers has done nothing for whatever handwriting I had beforehand. But every time now that I have to actually write something by hand, I feel alien. You're all left-handed
0: though.
2: <laughs> I am left-handed. So I'm it left-handed. Yeah. Are you? Nice. Yeah.
3: And I think it's just that the smarter you get, the more you realize that especially when you're signing things, nobody reads it. So, anybody who wastes their time writing it all neat so everyone can read it doesn't matter. Just squiggle. Done. Next.
1: I signed, signed credit card statements. Mickey Mouse. Nice.
0: Nice. Uh, I was talking to a... A lady yesterday who said that she used to do work for a stripper and she the stripper used to always sign the signature as a pair of boobs.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it could be any symbol. It could be any symbol. That's where the X came from. For yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Good job, guys. That was fun. But uh token users takes it. Ah I wasn't worthy of winning. <laughs> I need you to mention who who the winner was. Oh I'm sorry. That was Jonathan who Mention token users. I'll tell you
1: why, because I got the show notes back for the last episode and I was proofreading them and it said Justin won the lightning round. And I was like, actually, I didn't win the lightning round last week. I'm pretty sure Jonathan won it. And so then I had to go listen to the whole lightning round. and then I, go, I So I just go to the end of it and I'm like... Oh, Peter says, you know, this this phrase won it. I'm like, well, crap. Which of these was? Th- where, where is that? So then I to listened to the whole lightning round as part of my review, just to get to who who won the lightning round to make sure that the pod. And I should trust the pod reacher, but I was just like, I just, I just want to confirm. So yeah. So if you could appreciate if you would at the end, you know, say Justin or Jonathan or whoever won,
3: that'd be super helpful.
1: Then he
0: has to pay attention.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh come on! I yeah.
3: said that three times for you, Jonathan. <laughs> I know, I <you're> know. <laughs> Christ's sake.
0: The fourth time lucky. Okay. I set
3: you up. <laughs> After promising Ryan, I was going to give it to him as a spiff. <laughs> nice. Did you update your number, Jonathan, or do I need to do that for you? He already did. He already did. It was seven did, six, now did it's eight six. Someone, no. someone, someone did it. it oh, Justin. This I is almost it. like a uh, math formula that we're going to find out later is very significant. Like we should have a numerologist evaluate the final numbers to see if they're they're meaningful. <laughs>
2: The end of the year I like it yeah we'll have to we'll have a numerologist guest
1: someone has put in things coming up in the show notes other than reinvent which we already talked about ad so the first one uh, is mine actually I put it there because you told me to because you thought it was too fluffy for the main show But Google Cloud has apparently decided that they want to pee in Amazon's Wheaties and have a public sector summit on December 8th, uh, which will be keynoted by Thomas Kurian and Mike Daniels, VP of Global Public Sector. And they will share important updates and and lessons learned from years of unprecedented challenges and achievements and look ahead to the future of service delivery experiences for the government in the digital world. And there will be apparently two days of interactive content if you're in the public sector uh, after the keynote. So that is available to you. They apparently decided nine weeks of public sector was probably too much, which I appreciate. uh, But that is available to you from... Thomas Curran, and then the other one I don't know actually put in the show notes so whoever that is you better uh, speak up now
0: (laughs) yeah that was me so Matt Gowey is one of the AWS community builders and he has a presentation on December 2nd about the AWS CLI by the AWS meter group and so we'll paste the link to that in show notes too
1: so he also is counter-programming his own conference that's pretty cool that's uh, really awesome. Well, we definitely look forward to uh, seeing that uh, on the second or maybe a recording of it because I think I'll be watching the keynote. But, uh, yeah, it's good. All right, well, that's it for another fantastic week in cloud. See you after Thanksgiving for our recap show live, live on Twitch.
2: Woo-hoo. Oh, my God, that's going to be great. Can't wait. No, it's going to be awful. <laughs> I'm going to spend most of it apologizing.
0: I told you the dinosaur avatar that the way to go.
1: Now, if you don't watch the live show, you will not get all of our flubs and mistakes and all of that stuff. So, I mean, like you want to tune in. You're gonna want to tune in because we make a lot of mistakes that Jonathan edits out so nicely for us our podcast editors, which is really great. So, but uh, yeah, you gotta learn all the stuff. His swear words will be there. I mean, all the things. So definitely tune in. I would on We'd have that. to watch one. My- oh man, no, no we're, <laughs> I mean, we're, we'd be okay no, on Twitch it's, actually. It's but, okay for Twitch. Yeah. Like we don't. Twitch is fine. It's uh, it's when we go to editing uh, we need to make sure we remove the swear words for Apple because got it. It's supposed to contact Apple. Tags yeah those people who own you know most of the podcast world so we had to we had to be good to them all right guys we should get what an exclusive
3: you... deal with uh spotify instead
1: uh i mean if they're gonna, if if still they're gonna do pay that. me uh you know big money uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I'll yeah, take yeah. It. if but... i can get some gimlet money <laughs> yeah i will take it yeah. all right guys see you next week oh actually not next week i'll see you after thanksgiving Man, huh? two weeks after after the thing couple weeks have a good holiday you too. see you later bye everybody And that is The Week in Cloud. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Foghorn Consulting. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tweet us your feedback at hashtag thecloudpod. Or join our Slack channel. Go to our website, thecloudpod.net, for sign-up instructions.